everybody, and welcome back. Uh, we are finally back with episode 93 of Big Trouble Little Podcast. I'm Joe Dubs. I'm still alive. I'm Andy. I'm Zach. Yeah, I, if you're reading the title, I wrote uh, Coronavirus Edition. We, these two guys here have been, you know, sicky sick, so we had a delay and i believe i i think one week was also my fault as well because i was like all right i'm too stressed out at work boo-hoo and we decided to postpone it but uh we we got a double feature from both of both, both movies the fly and a league of their own and i hear myself who that it wasn't me got me banging on the counter anyway um so, before we dive into things, Andy, whoa, you got a long list. You've been watching a lot of shit when you were sick. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was sick. What else am I supposed to do? Sleep. Yeah, I did, though. I did mm-hmm. sleep. I mean, a lot of my sleeping is kind of funny. I uh, I slept for like 12 hours one time when I got home from work. Mm-hmm. And um, I just put on a season of The Simpsons. I think even though <coughs> – excuse me <coughs> – even though I was asleep, my subconscious was still awake because I kept waking up right before all my favorite parts. It was really weird. <laughs> but anyway, I also watched, um, I saw the movie Hot Rod. It was very funny. Um, I've been listening. I just wanted to, uh, I know it's not normally what we do, but I listened to a podcast called American History Tellers. Extremely good. I've really been enjoying it. I, um, I listened to their series about the Bastard Brigade. It was, um, a task force set up specifically to interfere with the German uh, nuclear weapons program and to like steal weapons grade uranium away from occupied areas during the Second World War. It's very interesting. Um, and also, I listened to their series on prohibition. It was also interesting. But anyway, um, I've been uh, picking my way through Star Wars Clone Wars, trying to get ready for the last season to drop here in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched the end of BoJack Horseman. I'm really disappointed. I don't know more people who watched it because I really want to discuss the, uh, the last episode is really good, but the next to last episode is like, I think, I think the payoff for that show. It's really, really interesting. Well, uh, well my uh, friend, my friend, Dan, he's into BoJack. Maybe if I bring him on one, one episode, you guys could, uh, talk it out about it. Yeah, maybe. I, I'd, I'd hate to spoil the end of BoJack Horseman because I really do think it's one of the best animated shows in the last like 20 years. I'm not kidding. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, like I said, though, I was sick, so I just wanted like some, you know, there's comfort food, but there's also comfort television. So I watched a bunch of The Simpsons. I watched a bunch of YouTube. And for some reason, I watched a bunch of Outlaw Star, the anime, like from the 90s. I don't know why. I watched like the first half of it and it was good. Um, Treasure Planet. Yeah, I watched Treasure Planet. I'd never seen it before. I thought it was really good. I don't know why that movie bombed. Um, uh, I beat Yoshi's Story, the the one on sixty four. Oh. Like it's it's funny because I had a cartridge that I got at a game show like two years ago, and it never quite worked, and it always pissed me off. So it's just like a day project when I wasn't sick. I uh, sat down and opened it up and like really cleaned it, and it finally worked. I told myself I was just going to get it to work and just test it. Well, the game's too fun, and I got into it. And before I knew it, credit roll. The game's like only like six hours long or something. It might even be shorter than that. But um, I watched King Kong vs. Godzilla with some friends. The movie's um, a disaster, but God damn it, it's funny in parts. And I got off, like, 
the, the, my, my, my sickness came in a couple waves. It was like bad and then better and then awful in like the last couple of days. So I just sat in front of the couch. <coughs> Excuse me again. Just sat in front of the couch recently and I watched Toy Story 4, Cars 3. And then I watched, there's a documentary on Disney Plus called Waking Sleeping Beauty. It's a documentary about the uh, animation department during the Disney Renaissance. It's extremely good. I highly recommend it. And then after that, I wanted to watch a bunch of old Disney animated stuff. So I watched The Little Mermaid. I watched the Goofy movie, Princess and the Frog, Beauty and the Beast. Then I took a break from that, watched Tron Legacy, which I really loved. I always loved the original Tron. And then this morning I watched Pocahontas. Pocahontas was the only one that disappointed me. It's like I refound um, Punchback of Notre Dame as an adult and was like, oh man, this movie's like really serious and I really like it. I thought I would do that with Pocahontas. No, Pocahontas just still sucks. The other ones are all still great though. Beauty and the Beast is like one of the most beautifully classic animated movies ever made, I think. But hmm. and then Goofy Movie was like my favorite one as a kid, so that was fun to watch again. Tron Legacy has one of the best soundtracks I heard in a long time. Oh yeah, Daft Punk does it. They're in the movie too. It's kind of funny when they turn up. But yeah, uh, Tron Legacy is great. Uh, like at first, I was like, I wish this movie had done better. I would like to see more. But the the end of Tron Legacy doesn't leave a ton of wiggle room for a sequel. Mm-hmm. It does, but it doesn't. I don't know. I, it, they could, but uh, Tron Legacy is really good. Uh, they they do the de-aging thing on Jeff Bridges' face, and it looks really good, except a couple points where uh, he's yelling, and it's like, oh, I can tell they're doing a computer thing here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that movie was okay. Um, I I thought they were gonna do like passing the torch kind of thing, which they kind of did at the end of that movie. But um... I mean, yes, yeah, so Sam gets away and uh, and uh, Flynn, no Flynn. Uh, what's Flynn's first name? His father, Jeff Bridges, doesn't. But I I, I don't know. I I, th- I thought it was pretty good. I kind of like it better than like the direction they went with the the Indiana Jones belated sequel, for instance. True. Very true. I like these sequels that that acknowledge and take place after the original movie, but they don't like hang their coat on it. You know, um, Blade Runner twenty forty nine did it. Tron Legacy did it. It's like you can't have the sequel without the first movie, but they aren't just paying lip service to the first movie. They're still kind of getting their own their own shots in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of franchises, they like go, hey, remember this? Remember? And then it's, yeah. it's so annoying. Yeah, I mean, they still get that. They're still like, oh, man, light cycles. Oh, man, the disc game. Oh, yeah, awesome. Oh, they're in the arcade. Oh, I can hear Donkey Kong now. But, it, but it's a different story, and, and there's, you know, not a rehash of the original. Yeah. And also, uh, the movie's goddamn fucking gorgeous. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm pissed that like people shat, shat on it when it came out. It was, it, in my opinion, I thought it was an okay movie. It, it had a couple problems. I would give it like I don't know four point something out of five. Mm-hmm. Zach, what have you been watching or playing? Uh, I haven't really played anything lately. Uh, just little spots of uh. Couple games here and there, it's n- nothing really worth getting into. Um, while I was sick, I, I watched a pretty good chunk of Red Letter Media. I kind of caught up from not really watching any of their stuff for a while, mm-hmm. and then um, I watched uh, Lock and Key that uh, new Netflix show just came out. It's actually based off of an old IEW comic, 
Oh, really? Yeah. It's it's kind of a horror-slash-family-like uh, story a little bit. They have a couple similar shows like that. You know, a family moves far away to a house that's in, you know, been the family for a long time or something. It's just they all fucking moved away from it for some reason. And kids are, you know, cranky because they've moved and it sucks. And this this is a little town in Massachusetts and it sucks. It's not, it's not Seattle. <laughs> but, uh, they don't really play up that whole God, I'm pissed because we move shit like too much, especially the younger kid. I like I like the the youngest kid in the show because he's not like your stereotypical little kid in that setting. Usually, yeah, they're usually like creepier. It's like I see ghosts or some bullshit. He's actually pretty normal. Hmm. <laughs> like uh, there's like weird keys hidden in the house and they, they they have like magic and they can like do things like you can go anywhere if you could you know where the place is you want to go and it has a door stuff like that well what i noticed about netflix is they know how to cast children it's weird <laughs> <clears throat> yeah like the kid character is annoying in fact it's like for a decent bit of it he's the only one that can fully grasp what's happening and and actively like tries to go about like uh, I don't know, preparing for, for bad things that are happening. And it's just like, they're kind of, he's like, like in a position where it's like, you're full of shit. You don't know what you're doing, but like, I don't know. I, I'm so sick of like creepy little kids and like settings like that and shit. Mm-hmm. That, that trope absolutely gets on my nerves. Yeah. I, I'm not a big fan of the uh, Omen or like children of the corn. Oh, the children of the corn was kind of fucking cool, but like it was for that time. But like, Evil kids during like this modern era of the you know twenty twenties or twenty nineteens. It just stop it. It's annoying. Yeah, um, I also started watching Daredevil season two. I know it's like super slow, but like I got like halfway through it, and I was like, oh yeah, I forgot how much I like this show. It's the um, one, it's the one with Punisher, right? Yeah, Punisher and Elektra. Yeah, it's probably like uh, one of my favorite Daredevil seasons. I heard uh, recently that the the guy who uh, plays Daredevil, I forget his name right now, is I heard it was confirmed he's going to play him again, I guess, in the Marvel movies or something. Uh, here's my thing with that is like... That could be potentially confusing. That, and also, it's owned by Disney now, and when it was on Netflix, it was very mature. Like, there was sex, and there was, like, side boob. And there was violence, and now it it going on Disney Plus. I don't know. I mean, I don't. Is that what they're doing? The show's continuing on Disney Plus. I I heard they stopped it in general. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, but I heard that he's he's going to play him again. Is what is what I'm talking about? Yeah, I don't have news on that. I just heard about it. It's a rumor, but like, I don't know if they're going to continue or they're going to like soft reboot it i hope they don't soft reboot it because that's retarded yeah i'm not real sure but i was just thinking like man this guy's like got it down pat it'd be like i i feel like it would be kind of hard and pointless to try to recast that character Mm -hmm. and i was just like i was just i meant to bring this up as all that's good he still gets to play him honestly like I haven't seen the rest of those shows when they were doing them yet. Like I watched the first season of Jessica Jones or whatever. And I thought it's a 
yeah, it's, that was all right. Uh, I'm not really into that character as much. Um, it's too, uh, I don't know. I feel like I want to say it's really edge lordy. It, it feels like it's very full of self-loathing and shit. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Not for me. Uh, and I, I didn't get around to watching Luke Cage, and I didn't really want to watch Power Fist because I heard Power Fist. Called <laughs> Power Fist! Iron Fist! Power Man. Uh, Power Man. I mean, Luke Cage is Power Man. I think that's what I was doing. I was mashing them together. Yeah. Uh, but no, Iron Fist, because uh, I heard it was like sucked. Like the first season like wasn't that good or mm-hmm. something. Um. Jessica Jones season one was okay. Uh, Luke Cage, uh, in my opinion, was garbage. Uh, and, then, <laughs> and then Iron Fist was even more garbage. Power Fist. <laughs> no. I'll just keep watching Daredevil, I think, though. I'm just like, I like this. This is good. I like everybody in the show. And it was like everything else was just like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. Pun- Punisher, Punisher season one is good. Season two, I heard... Uh, because I didn't get to watch it yet, but I heard bad things about it. But then again, this is the internet. It could either be bad for stupid reasons, and it's good for other reasons. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? I don't know. Other than that, wrestling. Watch wrestling. Mm-hmm. And Road to WrestleMania, I, brother. Yeah, I watch Raw, and I've, I've watched NXT, so I'm caught up. Mm-hmm. Me, on the other hand, I finally got to see Parasite, and I fucking love it. And I'm pissed off at you because a bunch of rich white assholes in Hollywood gave it an award, so you decided to see it. But when I said you should see it, you ignored me. I didn't. Ah. I didn't go because I just didn't want to go out. <laughs> and then, uh, pretty much, I don't know. I'm weird when it comes to doing things because I have to be in the mood to, to do stuff. I'm not the type of person to be like, well, I have no time, so I'm going to go watch a movie or play a game. I have to be in the mood. And I was in the mood because I was like, fuck yeah. You know, a foreign mo- movie won the Oscars. It must be amazing if it's if it won an Oscar. That's exactly what I just said. You went and saw it after you heard that it won the award, but not because I said it was a good movie. I would have saw that at one point. I just... This is a pretty weak excuse. You're doing a bad job. But back to Parasite. Um, I, think it, I think it goes in my top ten movies of all time. Because... It was in my top ten of the decade, that's for sure. Bold. We yeah. talked about that, though. Because... Like like you said the other time, uh, or, or, or past episodes, it has so many genres, and it's written so well. Because there are times you're like, is this a comedy? And then all of a sudden it's like, it's an action thriller. It's one of those scripts, too, that's like really tight. Like everything that's there is there to complement three other things. Mm-hmm. And uh, boy, was this movie shot really, really well. And... Uh, it actually got me hungry at at one point where when the, the one of the characters cooked randon or something like that. Yeah, uh, they mix ramen with udon. I was like, I love both those things. I want to try that. Yeah, and there's a uh, recipe that is like really really easy to do, and I want to. It's just ramen and udon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it also made me want plum wine. <laughs> yeah, but it's an amazing movie. It's 
five dollars to rent on Amazon Prime, and fifteen dollars if to buy it. I bought it. Um, hey, when when you posted that meme, Andy, in the movie group, uh, where that that chick on the red carpet was interviewing the director, it's like, oh, why did you make this movie Korean? Was that just a joke, or did that really happen? Apparently, that really happened. That's what? my understanding. That's how it was told to me. Is someone on the red carpet asked, um, what's his name? Uh, Isn't that Bong Joon Hu or whatever it is? Asked him, so why did you decide to make this movie in Korean? The guy is Korean, he's from Korea, it stars Korean actors, it takes place in Korea, it's about Korean class struggle. What a dumb question, god, I hate it. <laughs> the only defense I give for that reporter on the red carpet, and I'm not fully defending him. The only thing I could say is maybe maybe he watched Snowpiercer and he's like, oh, this is English. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he, he went to uh, uh, Parasite. He's like, oh, I don't want to read. Just like those assholes that said, I don't want to read subtitles. Yeah, there's a lot of negative reviews for it on Amazon because people keep renting it because it won. You know, like, like Dubs, they saw it won the Oscar and they said, well, I'm going to go see that movie. And they rent it, and they're like, oh, this is subtitled, and I'm angry. And then they leave one-star reviews. They're like, I want my money back. It's in subtitles. I don't want to read. You know, a bunch of, like, mouth-breathing, like, like you know, dumb. I, I mean, just, like, the most cliche, possibly, I'm an idiot kind of stuff that they could possibly say, like, unironically. Uh, it's pretty, pretty funny. That, that was funny. And one of my other favorite things is uh, there's a meme going around. Um, he won the Oscar, obviously, for Best Movie, and he won it for, I think, Best Director, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a picture of him making his two Oscars kiss. It's just really funny. I don't, I don't know why. <laughs> I saw a picture, or I saw a picture, I saw a meme on Reddit and said, oh, same energy. And it was him, like, making his two Oscars kiss, and then it was um, Kojima from a few years ago at the Game Awards making his two statuettes kiss. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, guys, go see it. Great movie. Um, I also saw on Netflix called uh, a movie called Horse Girl. It stars Allison Brie. It has the. Uh, it also has a dude from Mad About You for like one scene. I was like, oh, that's the guy from Mad About You. <laughs> huh. And um, it was. It, it's a weird movie. Um, I wouldn't say David Lynch type of uh, weird, but it. It talks about mental mental illness in a way of not saying mental illness it's like it's hard to put into words you just gotta watch it and there is horses in there and she does like horses so i guess that's what where the title comes in um yeah so it's not a bob's burger spinoff like i was hoping no <laughs> <laughs> and to, to kind of go off of uh david lynch uh i started re-watching twin peaks again did you uh, watch what jack did or whatever it's called, the short film on Netflix. No, not yet. Oh, it's it's super short. Just watch it. It's like fifteen minutes. Does David Lynch have his own YouTube uh, channel, or did no. I say YouTube? I meant to say Netflix. Oh, it's on Netflix. I didn't even know yeah. that. I think you said uh, YouTube last time. That's why I brought it up. Yeah. I mean, he might. He did a bunch of short films. They used to be on there, but I don't think they are anymore. Mm -hmm. So he did animations too. Um, what were they called? Idiotville or something stupid now. Yeah, me and my friend has gotten into a debate in one of the discords, and I'm not spoiling Andy because I know Andy, you haven't watched all of Twin Peaks. 
it's I mean it's a decade old show. Like it would be on me if you did. Well, th- there's a thing because um, the the one video I linked in our uh, messenger chat where a guy ex- ex- or trying to explain what Twin Peaks is all about, and there he he put it into a sense that David Lynch is creating a TV show about a TV show by using uh well, it's like inspired by soap operas and junk right yeah and like the the age uh agent cooper is the audience trying to be detective during the show and um one of my friends who is always like super not, not super negative but always like well you know maybe just david lynch is just fucking with you and mm-hmm. you just looking at it looking too much into it I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I could totally see David Lynch coming up with something so meta like that for him to just put that into a a TV show, self-aware that it's a TV show. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, uh, you know, Who Killed Laura Palmer kind of thing. You know, there's a light versus dark kind of thing going on in the TV show. It's... It made me want to go back and be like, "Hmm, let me see what Bob was all about in this in this show again." Yeah. But uh, I also watched some more Next Generation. Good. Because I wanted to wash my mouth uh, with some good Picard instead of bad Picard, like the TV show. Yes. Um. By the way, off topic. There was <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, Patrick Stewart was trending, and people posted a like picture saying this is young Patrick Stewart, and it wasn't. <laughs> it was just some dude that looked like him, and people were like, no, this is the real Patrick Stewart, and it was like a totally different picture than what was posted from before. So that was kind of, <laughs> kind of funny. I don't know if I said this last time, but I watched the new Bad Boys before you guys got sick, and. Um, it was really, really funny. I thought I was going to go into that movie say, uh, thinking that it's going to just be your typical Will Smith film. And that movie had me on the edge of my seat and like actually surprised on like who lived and who died in that movie. Oh, I'm, gl- I'm glad you went and saw it on your own volition instead of waiting for rich people in Hollywood to tell you it was good. I fucking hate you. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, this is probably going to hurt... Uh, Andy even more. I saw Cats for like the second time. What? I, yeah, I, I watched it. Uh, oh, a, the movie. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah the musical. Yeah, I, I... Would you go on a date or something or would you see it again? I actually was laying down and I put uh, a other format of watching movies. Uh, you know, not so legal. And... <laughs> And I and I watch it, and it still sucks. So you broke the law and risked that so you could watch Cats? I guess. That's weird. <laughs> That's very weird. I guess I watched Cats, and I guess it still sucks. <laughs> Did you want to be sure? It's just, it's just so strange. You just sounds like you just wanted to like punish yourself for some shit. I don't know. Yeah. I just... just... Want... My, it's, his, it's his form of self-flagellation <laughs> in the 1600s. My thing is, I always give movies two chances, and 
it didn't go well the second time. I was like, fuck them, fuck movies. Yeah, fuck them. Fuck, fuck movies. Fuck families. Fuck everybody. <laughs> Speaking of fuck movies, now I'm kidding. Let's get into uh, the fly since uh, that was the first uh, movie that we did watch. Uh, by the way, we are doing a Gina Davis happy birthday because that was the uh, the time when we picked her movies and we chose. Whatever that was. Yeah. <laughs> Three weeks ago. Yeah. So the fly, and this was by uh, director David Cronenberg. Yes. The Baron of Blood. Yeah, and it's funny King because... Body Horror himself. It's funny because uh, I remember Zach on last episode, he was like, don't eat anything while you watch this movie. In the beginning, I didn't eat anything, and I'm like, when's the disgusting part going to happen? Oh, it's fun. <laughs> In the latter half of the movie? <laughs> so when you probably started eating something because you got... What's he called? Do... drop? Yeah. <laughs> so I was like... Wait a second. Let me go get a sandwich. So I made. Mm. I paused it, and this was like after he got super strength, and he started like banging Gina Davis like forever, and she's like, "I'm tired," and I'm like, "Let me put this on pause." I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Let me put this on pause and put have a bologna and cheese sandwich," and then I came back, and then he just started transforming, and I was like, "God damn it." <laughs> so gross. And like was that was it the part where his fingernails started coming off? Uh yeah, that uh his, Yeah. His, his skin uh, I I didn't expect the part where he went to the bar and like I thought what was going to happen was like he was going to win and like break his arm like all like he would he hit did. No, no, no. Listen to me. Like he he wins, and he like dislocates the shoulder. Like you wouldn't see bone. That's what I'm trying to say. This is a Cronenberg movie, brother. You're gonna see some gore. Yeah, and all of a sudden I just see his like forearm just fucking snap, and I was like, "Fuck." Yeah, he's like, "Ah!" <laughs> and then he gets that ugly woman out of there. Hmm. Eh, I don't know about ugly, but. I don't know. I was like, why is he gunning for her? That seems like a low-hanging fruit, but alright. Look, he was just looking for some, something warm to fuck, okay? Warm. And, uh, she looked about, like, fucking 19. In that <laughs> yeah, she looked like she was, like, 20 or some shit. Mm -hmm. So what do you think of Jeff Goldblum in this movie? He's always great. Uh, he was I like, it, it's one of his less, like, stutter hammy performances yeah like everyone knows him from like his uh his um jurassic park jurassic uh, park performance i almost said jungle book that was weird jungle his jurassic book. park performance where he's uh um uh hamming it up because that's like the character that's that's malcolm but no he's I mean, he's he's competent he can act really well and people just forget that which is unfair mm -hmm. and uh I said this on Facebook the other day, but Gina Davis in the eighties and nineties were fucking hot as fuck. Oh yeah, she's she's very cute in this movie. Yeah, and uh, a kind of little plot point here, like they're at like a, what was it like a science fair or something kind of thing or like a science party or whatever. It was like an ex it was like an expo, and she was like trying to find a 
scoop, like somebody's experiment that could be cool and get an interview or something. Yeah, I didn't understand the context because it's not like anyone was showing anything off. Mm. Like he was there, but his thing was a secret. Uh, I don't know. It's just maybe it was like some industry meeting or something. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. And then uh, he, he did this like, uh, hey, I got something really cool I want to show you. And then, like, she gets in the car with him, goes all the way to his creepy little fucking science uh, apartment building. Uh, she drives him, actually. Oh yeah, I forgot. He, he didn't get. He didn't drive there because the whole thing was like, I get car sick. So that's the whole thing with the teleporters. Mm. He wasn't. Uh, he wasn't doing anything, brother. I mean, he still kind of like roped a doped her a little bit towards that creepy little fucking dungeon that he had. I guess it's a little different when you have to drive though. <laughs> like I feel like it's also weird that he gets her there with the intention of her not writing the story at all. So it is kind of clearly, he just wants to impress her and sleep with her. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he, she's like, she's like, Oh, this is going to be great. And he just like, Oh no, you're not gonna, you're not gonna do this. And then he like, he, didn't he like lock the door as well? Wasn't that a thing? Yeah. Yes. He, he did lock the door because like it's top secret. Nobody knows about this. Yeah. And he unveils the the pods. Yeah, and and in the beginning, I was like, oh, this is kind of creepy and shit. Is he can like is he gonna turn into a fly now and kind of like attack her? <laughs> but, Damn, that'd be quick. Yeah, but like no, it was like a slow good burn, and um, I didn't really understand. Maybe it's just a weird on how Cronenberg deals with like relationships in his movies because I got stalker vibes because he like goes to her job and like tells her, you know, just don't fucking do this. Like how did, how did he find out where she worked? Did she say the newspaper in the beginning of the movie? Yes. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. (laughs) Not just that, but the relationship between her and her ex and who is also her boss like, that whole thing throughout the entire movie is also very strange because he comes on, like, really strong, and then you find out that he was her professor, and then she got involved with him, which is already kind of, like, wrong, and then he was her boss, and now she still works for him, and he's being a creep and threatening her, and then he backs off, and then he's a cool guy, sort of, and then at the end, they kind of get together and uh, the, the whole top to bottom, it's just weird. The relationship between her and her boss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I like the, uh, the abortion scene that they're trying to do the whole time. <laughs> it was just like, oh man, I fucked him while he had this like uh, fly genes in him. Am I going to have like a f- half human, half fly child inside me? And, yeah, and those were those like dream sequences or nightmare sequences that were happening where like yes okay but it's it's important to remember the movie doesn't point this out which i thought was strange but they did also have sex before he did the fly thing mm. so the baby could be compromised or it might not be compromised they don't know but she was she didn't want to know so right away she got the abortion or it was, yeah. or where it was about no that. that never went through yeah yeah because there's a sequel the fly too yeah, with, with their son yeah. 
Oh God, uh, it's terrible. And I wondered Bernard what the sequel was like. It. It's apparently bad. Uh, it looks like straight to VHS shit, like from back then. It's exact. I watched the trailer for it because it was on Amazon Prime. Like after I watched that, and I was like, I wonder what this, how bad this looks. And yeah, it's as bad as you think it's going to be. So I got another thing to talk about when um, he explains that he has like insect politics in his brain. How how would he get insect politics in his brain if it was just based off of DNA? That he was like doing a joke. He was trying to be funny. Okay. He was like insect. The whole point of his his meandering weird tirade was. Insects have no politics. They're brutal and everything. But I'm half insect, and maybe I can bridge the gap. Like, he was he was just doing one of his weird Jeff Goldblum things. Mm-hmm. And he had, like, a, he had a... He had a thing for junk food, which... Before he became a fly, and then when he became a fly, he was all about that junk food. <laughs> He's like, I've never seen a fucking movie where somebody's, like, walking down the grimy streets of, like, New York at night, angrily eating a chocolate bar. I <laughs> <laughs> was just like, I'm like, that's so weird, but it's funny. Like, Yeah, another thing that grossed me out about this movie is when he, like, vomits on his, like, what he eats and shit. You know what? You're a real fucking drag! And he just, like, eats that chocolate bar. I think there was a cut scene, too, where he's supposed to be eating something out of some trash or something. Yeah, he's supposed to be eating out of the trash, and this is after he's more of the the fly of the brundle fly. fly. And then, like, some old lady sees him, and then he, like, I guess loses, you know, all sense of self for a moment, and then he eats her. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of wish they kept that in there. Uh, you guys have anything to say about the movie? Like anything bad or good? Andy? Oh, um, I mean, I've always liked this movie. Uh, normally I'm not a huge fan of like body horror and stuff like that, but Cronenberg always takes the body horror and uses it to supplement a really interesting story. I've always really liked, uh, the brood and, um, scanners and stuff like that. And he's just a good director besides look at, um, Eastern Promises or History of Violence. So uh, The Fly is really good. Uh, I like sci-fi and stuff like that. I, I don't know. The acting is good. Directing is good. Uh, what else can you say? Mm-hmm. Zach, what about you? <clears throat> yeah, I always really like this movie, too. To me, it's like a, this is a simple... Uh, it's a really simple, tight, focused movie. There's not that many characters in it at all. No, there's pretty much three, I guess. Yeah. Everybody else is just like a bit part. Mm. Um, and it's usually just in like a couple of locations. It's like his his weirdo apartment place or whatever and hers and the the uh, the magazine headquarters or whatever. Oh, what do you think um, what do you think about his computer that like you could talk talk into? <laughs> it's kind of funny. It's pretty 80s. I was trying to figure out like what the hell the keyboard was and everything. Like a what it's from i like um i like the fact that he points out the fact that computers are stupid they only know what you tell them because you know it's true to life and a lot of movies especially in the 80s were doing this thing where like computers were like super smart and you could just be like computer uh what is what what is difference between apple and oranges and it's like calculating blah blah blah. you know it doesn't know that you have to teach it what an apple is teach it what an orange is so i like that's true yeah that's, that's a good point 
Um, let's see what else. To me, this is like the if you try to tell somebody like, "Oh, this is David Cronenberg. He does blah blah blah." It's like, "Well, I've never seen any of his movies. Yeah, you should probably show him this one, maybe." Yeah, this is one of his most popular for sure. It's like pretty. It's pretty quick and focused and light. There's not a lot of heady like stuff in it. Like it's not like weird. It's not nearly as weird as Videodrome is. Yeah. Um, but hey, I still like Videodrome. Uh, <clears throat> plus the creature effects and everything in this is like really cool. Mm-hmm. Very good practical effects. So, Videodrome had a theme. What is the flies theme? Um, science run amok. Yeah, I think it's, uh, you could say that. I've heard there was, like, just a general theme of, like, of illness or something. Uh, uh, there were a lot of people, apparently, in the 80s when this came out that were, like, AIDS, thought right? this was, like, a metaphor for, like, AIDS or some yeah, shit. I think I read that, too. <laughs> like, which is, like, scary, I guess, back then when you did, people didn't fucking understand it. Yeah, no fucking doubt. Yeah. So... Oh, my God, am I going to, like, fall apart? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! Like, should somebody kill me like Gina Davis did to yeah. Jeff Goldblum? I, I, re- I'll oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I really liked the scene where um, he was like fantasizing about because I think near the end he was like, "Oh, you just become like me, and we'll have be like one big family and all that stuff, and we'll, have, we'll raise the child." And uh, they uh, fucked him up with his own machine, and he was like crawling around, and he like puts the the shotgun uh, barrel to his head and says, come on, just end my fucking life already. <laughs> yeah, it's over. He's part of a, a door. He's a Brundle fly door. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple of little things I found out about this movie. Like I didn't realize at the time. Um, yeah, that line where it's after he picks up that, that girl from the bar or whatever. And it's like the morning after in, uh, Gina Davis's character shows back up there to like try to talk to some sense into him again or something. And then she's like, who's this? And it's like, Oh, you should be, you should be afraid. Be very afraid. Cause he's trying to talk her into getting into teleporter pods. It's where that comes from. Yeah. I never knew that this whole time, I guess it had been so long. since I watched it last. I forgot all about that short line. I was like, Oh, that's where this comes from. And the other thing was, I found out that, Right before this movie came out, uh, Jeff Goldblum apparently wrote a letter to Vincent Price about this movie. Um, who was uh, Vincent Price was in the original Fly, and he's like, "I hope you really like this movie. I've always really enjoyed yours uh, and everything." And then Vincent Pri- Vincent Price was known for like being like really cool with people and everything, and he actually wrote him back, and he's like, "I'll I'll see it when it comes out. I'll let you know what I think." So he went and saw it, and he's like, "It was good." Up until a point, and it went too far. <laughs> I guess you can imagine what point that was. Yeah, probably when all the disgusting shit happened. I mean, yeah. David Cronenberg, Cronenberg has his own way of doing movies. Every It's what makes some directors unique. And Cronenberg is really unique. David Lynch is really unique. Hey, I don't mind it. Do you know he was the gynecologist in The, the Weird Dream? <laughs> that that was Cronenberg. <laughs> Fucking funny. I like director self inserts. He did that because somebody he, he was talking to somebody, 
and they made some kind of comment like that he looked like he was one of those hot shot plastic surgeons from california or some shit that's what he looked like and he's like kind of weird handsome looking yeah and he's like well i guess i'll just be a weird doctor in this movie because you said that that was his reaction and he brought up a good point like you like directors being in the movies i like david lynch being in fucking twin peaks oh my god yes i'm worried about coop coop I saw Cooper in my dream, but I couldn't see his face. This coffee is so good. <laughs> a weirdo. Uh, but anyway, I'm guessing we all recommend this film. Yeah. Yeah. We're doing something new, by the way. We're not going to do like after every movie, we're going to be like, what ranking is it? We're going to save the ranking until we watch all the movies. Because one, save time. Two, it, it, it makes it interesting because usually we do the, well, we saw The Fly first, so that's number one. We saw A League of Their Own, so that's number two. Yeah, it kind of takes the mystery away a little bit. Yeah. Anyway, moving on to movie number two, A League of Their Own, with a star-studded cast, I should say. Yeah, kind of, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And a uh, little, little, thing, little thing about the plot. It's during World War II. All the men are going to war. You know, women's, you know, that's when, like, the women's movement really started, where uh, they did men's jobs. And this leads to. Women's suffrage predates the Second World War, but this was a big part of it because women had to go to the workplace during the Second World War. That's where I was going. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, what Andy said. I'm not going to repeat it. Um,. It it starred Gina Davis, obviously, uh, Madonna, R- Rosie O'Donnell, uh, Ann Cusack, and uh, Tom Hanks. And there's it's, there's millions of people in here. I'm not not really millions, but a lot of people in here. Totally undersold uh, Lori Petty, who is kind of one of the stars. She's the know. co-star, I'd argue. Yeah. I mean, she's yeah. in the movie almost as much as Gina Davis is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good old Kit. I I love the uh, the Dottie and Kit story. I think that was like the most beautiful story ever, and from beginning to end. Even though like Kit's a little annoying because she's not as great as uh, Dottie, and just just the chemistry between them. I love that fucking Tom Hanks is like a, a a drunk that was a good yeah. He's a fucking asshole in most of this movie too mm-hmm. of course all the men in this movie are an asshole really and he kind of like turns around where he's like oh these are good baseball players but he still treats them like pieces of shit <laughs> well yeah but he's still a coach like i still get it mm. he's still acting like a coach like when when he yells at her because uh she doesn't throw to um I can't remember if it's home. She's supposed to throw to second to pick off the runner, but she throws home instead mm-hmm. to stop the runner at third, I think. And he yells at Madonna and she starts crying. And that's where you get the famous line. There's no crying in baseball, but that's just something a coach would do. A coach would yell at you for making a dumb mistake like that. I don't think Madonna cried. I think it was like the other chick that. Uh, oh, was it? I, I it, was the, it was the one that has the brat kid. I, yeah. I don't remember her name. You're yeah. going to lose. <laughs> God damn it, get that kid. (laughs) 
Um, I like that, that he just straight threw a fucking baseball glove at him and knocked him down, and yeah, that, yeah. that just flew in the in the movie. I was like, great. That's one of my favorite parts of the movie. And like Tom Hanks has the most obnoxious fucking laugh ever, and I love it. <laughs> you uh, you are completely right to say that. Like you know, the heart of the story is the Dottie and Kit mm-hmm. story, and I know that that's what most people like. But I really enjoyed the movie just to like the weird history and the baseball and the fact that um like this movie is really funny and a lot of the comedy comes from how absurd things were that were just normal to them one of my favorite scenes is where they're like this is what the uniform looks like and it's like a short skirt mm. and they're all like you can't slide in that are you serious this is crazy i was like laughing out loud because of how absurd that is but no that's what really happened that's just that's the 40s <laughs> Yeah, and they, and I'm not saying that they should have been forced to do that, uh, but that's during the time, and you know they can't really do protests like they do today and say I'm not fucking playing because they all love to play baseball and they got. I mean, yeah, they'd have been fired for sure. Yeah, and I love that one. One of the coaches, I don't know if you ever watched Stargate SG One, but the general. He was like one of the coaches, the the other team. I forgot the team name where Kit eventually goes to. Oh, um, it was Racine Bells. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. Racine. Um, I I talked to Zach the other day. Uh, the only reason why I disliked Rosie O'Donnell in this movie is not because of her political stance. I don't really care. I I could I could take away the the artist from the you know the person and all that stuff. Uh, but like her overdone Staten Island accent was so obnoxious, I fucking hated it. I liked her in this movie. Uh, the her her presence in real life didn't even enter my head. I thought she did a good job. I, I same. I thought she did good, but like the accent was like annoying the fuck out of me because I'm from New York, and that's not wow. that's not how Staten Island talks at all. Uh, well, I mean, I wouldn't be used to that, I guess. But I, I thought she was a, uh, she was one of my favorite supporting characters, actually. And which is weird because in a lot of movies she's in, she doesn't tend to be my favorite part. But I thought she did really well. Mm-hmm. And another thing that accent wise, I don't know what it is, but these are people from like all over America, and they all had and Canada. Yeah, and they all had a New York accent. It was like Madonna had one. Because I think she might have been from New Jersey, if I'm correct. I guess that's close enough. Uh, but, like, Kit almost had, uh, at times, a New York accent. And then other characters that were just, like, talking, like, oh, I'm from New York, and all that stuff. It, it, I don't know. It threw me off for a little bit. Um, Can we talk for a second about how great John Lovitz is in this movie? Yes. Because... Why wasn't he in this movie more? God damn it. He was excellent. What an <laughs> asshole. Yeah, he was pretty great. <laughs> Excuse me. I like the train scene. He's like, I always try to be a nice guy, and they just fucking talk. <laughs> he didn't say fucking, but he, that's the part. He's like, you know, I just don't want to talk to you. And he, like, knees this, like, lady who was sitting down. He's like, oh, your knee, sir. And he's like, shut up. And um, there was also the guy that um, believed in the girls, like he was the head person. What's his name? He was also in like the Jason Bourne movie. Oh, David uh, Strattenharan, uh, the guy who played Ira. 
the guy that was in the stands and uh, wanted Dottie to like get interviewed by the reporters, that guy, he he was pretty good, and um, I think he was the the person that cut the uh, the little uh, ribbon thing because they had a little history museum that they were doing. Yeah, he's he's oh, the like one that like, took up or whatever. Yeah, he he like took up for them and everything, and was still wanted to like make it a thing after yeah. even after everybody work. came back. Yeah, because the candy bar man dude was like an asshole. He's like, well, the boys are coming back. They're just gonna have to go back in the kitchen. What are the the men gonna go into the kitchen? <clears throat> um, yeah, the ones that are cooks, will bitch. <laughs> yeah, there was one scene where I see where they were going. Uh, it's when the uh, black lady like threw the ball and shit, and it was kind of like a nod, like, "Oh, you're gonna be part of this league one day." Yeah, it's pretty ham-fisted, but I don't know. It's nice, I guess. It's nice. I kind of wish that like they included her into the the game because she had a fucking arm. Yeah, but I don't. I don't know. They were trying to keep some historical accuracy. I don't think. Mm. I don't think they played, which is you know bullshit, of course. But not until way later. Mm. Yeah, obviously Dottie is a great fucking player, and you could tell. She she threw the game for her sister because of wanting to see her sister be happy. She threw it. That's not the impression I got. No, absolutely not. Honestly, like one of my favorite parts is at the beginning. She's telling her, you know, quit swinging at these high pitches. You can't hit them. You're an idiot. And then of course she strikes out, and it's like, oh, Kit, you suck. You know, you're. you're and then that's why she has to prove herself at tryouts. And then at I, the end of the movie. Dottie's like throw high. She can't resist swinging it. Like she totally throws her under the bus. She's just like yeah, but she lets go. Of the we're ball. gonna win this. She lets go of the ball at the end. I, I don't. I don't buy that for a second. That she. because she 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 ran into her as hard her. as she could. Yeah. Yeah, she's small as fuck. I mean, that goes back to in the beginning when she, in the beginning of the movie where she tells her grand uh, grandchildren, uh, you know. Ah, never mind. That's not gonna make sense. You guys are gonna pick it apart anyway. So I'm just not gonna say it. No, I. I mean, no, go ahead. What? What? I don't. I want to hear what you're getting at. No, it's gonna go nowhere. Uh, that's, what, that's what happens. You're going home. You gotta mm, get you, you. You get them. Didn't uh? Who was the guy that Pete Rose like fucking destroyed? And it was always like real controversial. Yeah, he, he had one of the most gruesome. Uh, Ray Foss or something. Hmm. But yeah, it, it. I mean, you're you're going home. That catcher's there. They they get it. That's that's the one base where you can do that. I felt like she let go of the ball, but that's just me. No, I don't think so. I don't mm. think so at all. Um, <laughs> the guy from Independence Day was uh, <laughs> in there. The the president. I, I I only remember people by what movie they'd done. I don't know their fucking actor name. Bill Paxton. Yeah, Bill Paxton. He's her uh, husband. Who I was like, well, he's dead. Like in the first like scene of the movie, it's like well, she's gonna get a letter that he's dead. And the movie totally plays with you on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, oh, there's a letter. There, this is it. Mm-hmm. Nope, nope. It's funny when uh, the kid is in the uh, dressing room and he's like closing his eyes, but he's totally peeking. Pullman, Bill Pullman. Sorry. <laughs> oh, Pullman. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just I just realized it. I was thinking. I was like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another thing, and this is me just totally fucking nitpicking at this point, but uh, in baseball, you give up your lineup and that's it. 
there ain't no changing and shit. Uh, Dottie leaves and then comes back on fucking Game 7 of the uh, the World Series. Yeah, I mean, I get it. That's kind of bullshit. But I think it's like it was this weird women's league and it was temporary. And really, they were just they were using uh, weird whatever i get it i buy that but just because it wasn't like completely official mm-hmm. I, I i think someone could have risen a stink about it but she was so popular and good for the game it probably would have got away with it anyway yeah um madonna played pretty much the showgirl of the the lineup what was it what was her nickname again all the way mary may may, may. all the way may May, it's not it's not just a name, it's an attitude. I remember that line. <laughs> yeah. Um uh, Megan Cavanaugh, uh she was Marla. I, I found it funny because she was fucking hitting bombs in that gyna- uh, gymnasium and shit. And uh <laughs> right when he <laughs> she reveals her face to uh the scout and he's like, Oh Well, you'll hear something from us anyway. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> and then and then they kind of did like a protest and like oh she's coming but uh one thing i kind of pointed out to you guys in the chat is that this was never an oscar nominee and that surprised the hell out of me i think it won global uh go, go, globes yeah the globes. globes yeah actually here here's some of the awards nominated for two golden globes mm-hmm it won uh, American Comedy Awards, where the funniest supporting actor in motion picture was Tom Hanks. Well, I wonder what else came out in 92 that was really big. I can't really remember off the top of my head. 93 had a bunch of stuff I can remember. I don't remember 1992. Yeah, but I think this is very... Oscar nominee. I mean, I don't want it to win, but it's 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 a it's a a nominee. It should have been. Yeah. Oh God, Aladdin, Reservoir Dogs, Basic Instinct, Unforgiven, <laughs> Bram Stoker's oh, yeah, Dracula, one, A Few Good Men, Last of Mohicans. Jesus Christ. Oscar nominees in 1992. Uh, Excuse me. Let's see. We got 1992 Oscars. Where is supporting role, supporting role, art direction, cinematography? Well, now, be careful. This movie came out in July of 92. That means it would have been in the 93 Oscars. Okay. Oscar nominees in 1993. Well, fuck. I didn't know that. Well, because it's always in, like, February or March or what the fuck ever. Why can't I just... No, you got it right. Unforgiven, Aladdin, etc. You got the right year. Where the fuck is best fucking movie? What? It was Unforgiven that year, wasn't it? Or am yeah. I crazy? Yeah, so here are the nominees and here are the winner for best picture in 1993. Uh, nominees, Scent of a Woman. Uh, great movie. Howard's End. Oh, okay. A Few Good Men. Yeah, of course. The Crying Game and Unforgiven. Okay. All right. I, I guess I get it. <laughs> Pretty stiff competition that year. Yeah. 
Um. Anyway, what did you guys hate about the movie? We, we talked about how we we loved it. Um, the direction just is good enough. I, I know that's an unfair criticism. Um, really, there's nothing wrong with it, but it never like is amazing. And in a, in a sports drama, you got to shoot the game they're playing really dramatically. And I, it's a comedy, not a drama, but you got to shoot the game of baseball dramatically. And they do some, but not enough for me. I thought. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think Penny Marshall's director experience points towards that. Uh, what else did she direct? Uh, Big, huh. uh, Jumpin' Jack Flash, and she was, you know, in Laverne and Shirley. She directed a few episodes of that. Oh, okay. I really like Big. <laughs> she was Laverne. Laverne. Um, I guess the only thing I could stab at it is that it didn't show a lot of adversity in the team. Like, they always fucking won. And I kind yeah, of, they, they were the best team. Everybody. What I, the hell? I kind of wish they showed at least maybe one or two games where just like, oh man, we kind of, I don't know if we're going to gel together. I don't really understand this, but I, I read a little bit about like what really happened after I watched the movie. Huh. And that team, uh, the, the Peaches, they weren't even the team in the World Series that year. It was like somebody else. It was like, it was the Racine Bells and then this other team. I'm just like, why didn't you just go with the other team that actually made it? Like, I guess they like the the peaches or whatever, whatever. They always yeah. dramatize history. Yeah. Was there only four teams? Was that accurate? Uh, I didn't. I didn't check into that actually. I meant to look it up, but I never got around to it. I, I, I'm interested, man. In I like baseball. So. Mm-hmm. Other than that, oh, I like the one scene where the, the bus driver quits, and then. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Tom Hanks kiss, kisses the ug- ugly lady, and she's like, I've seen you in Wizard of Oz, or something along that line. I loved you in the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. <laughs> I, like that, I like that part where they're, they're walking out of the house or whatever, and they're getting ready to go play or some shit. Those kids go up, hey, Mr. Duke, can you sign baseball? He signs baseball, and it says, don't, don't get, get the, clap. the clap, Jimmy. <laughs> That's good advice. <laughs> it's like, damn. Mm-hmm. Pretty crash joke. I I have nothing else to say. Are you guys done talking about the movie? Yeah, I suppose. I, I I liked it pretty well. I liked it more than I thought I was going to, and I don't really have much bad to say about it. It was yeah. just it was just good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was funny. It was entertaining. You know, everyone did a really good job. I thought acting wise. Yeah, it, it also had like the uh, Saving Private Ryan kind of thing where you're like. They showed... It made me want to watch Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> it really did. It made me think about it more than once. During this movie, I was like, you know, after this movie, I'm going to watch Saving Private Ryan. It made me want to watch a couple other things, too. Mm-hmm. It, made, it made me ready for baseball. Pitchers report tomorrow, I think. Yeah, and uh, Mets have a new manager because that cheater is a fucking asshole, but whatever. I move on. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, again, we will talk about our rankings after... This movie that we're going to be watching, Zach, what is your movie that you picked? Thelma and Louise. I think it's the most critically acclaimed of the three we chose, so that interests me. Mm-hmm. So uh, remember to watch it, come back here, and then we'll talk about it. You know, do all that jazz, do all that ranking. We'll be on time this time. Mm-hmm. So let's get some, some, let's get into some news.
that matter to us. Andy, you had a news that you had like about three weeks ago. I'll let you. <laughs> yeah, this was, I, I put, I was real proud of myself because I put this in the doc when this was still like a, uh, a young story and now it's everywhere. So it's still worth talking about, but there was a purportedly, I don't, I think it's official now, but purportedly at the time it was leaked footage for a canceled Star Wars uh, television show that George Lucas and his company were working on. It was just like test footage. They they just wanted a proof of concept. Like this is what we want it to look like, and we're experimenting with camera stuff and stuff like that. And it's uh, it's kind of cool. It's just it just tells a simple story. It's just like a spy somewhere, and they're in the underworld of probably Coruscant or something. But I it, it interested me not just because it looked interesting. Like there's not a lot to it. There's not a script to critique or anything. But it, it interests me just because obviously they wanted to do more of Star Wars and they didn't get to do it. And also, um, it's weird that there was this and it got canceled. And there was also Star Wars 1313 that got canceled, which had a similar premise. It, I just think it's strange. Every time the underworld of Coruscant is is tried to be brought up, it just gets canceled. It's just strange. But uh, it's interesting. It's worth watching. Um, it it does look and feel like good old Star Wars, even though it's post prequels. So mm. I don't know if you guys saw it. We could discuss it if you had, but if not, there's probably nothing else to say. Ah, uh, I mean, I I still need to play the, uh, or I still need to watch fucking Mandalorian. I still need to play the the new Star Wars game. I feel like Star Wars is slowly getting back to its roots a little bit. But uh Yeah, Mandalorian put me back in a Star Wars mood. I was very un-Star Wars for many years. Mm -hmm. I have nothing else to say, Zach. Do you have anything to say about that? No, I, I read a little bit about that, but I didn't watch the thing. It's only like six minutes. It's worth watching. It's very interesting. It has a real Blade Runner feel to it. Hmm. Sweet. Anyway, so the Oscars happen... And, and uh, we got some winners. So I kind of want to just, you know, name out the winners. We're not going to go into, like, deep, 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 deep detail on each category. But uh, we'll start it off with Best Supporting Actor, which was Brad Pitt for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That was deserved. Mm -hmm. Very deserved. And, of course, in, in Oscars, they also have their political speech and did some that talked way too much, uh, which was pretty funny. Best Animated Feature Film. Uh, Toy Story 4 and a lot of people were pissed off about this and I'm like Toy Story 4 is Pixar You're never it, was gonna... a, it was a pretty good movie what else was nominated what did they think should have won uh, Klaus oh well yeah I don't know I might like Klaus more than Toy Story 4 mm -hmm. so that was a big thing Animated short film. I never heard of this movie. Hair Love. Have you guys heard of it? The animated short films, I, I never have heard of. Like, honestly, no. after the Oscars, I try to watch some of them. But they're always really obscure. A lot of them are, like, student projects or um, studios trying to get off the ground. So it's not like they get a big release. Mm -hmm. Best uh, original screenplay was Bong Joon-ho, and that's Parasite. Uh, so that was the first win for Parasite. Uh, best... Uh, best adapted screenplay was I, I'm gonna fucking ruin this name to to keep the the fucking person who did Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit, yeah, yeah, yeah. there you go. Uh, live action short film, uh, which was the, the Neighbor's Window. I need to check that out. See what's up with that. Yeah, I've heard of that. 
Uh, best for production design, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, best costume design was uh, Jacqueline Duran for Little Women, which I kind of get. They had good costumes. Uh, docu documentary feature, American Factory. Uh, documentary short feature, learning to skate uh, skateboard in a war zone if you're a girl. Never heard of it. It's a mouthful. <laughs> uh, best Supporting Actress, which was Laura Dern in Marriage Story. I heard okay. I heard that got a lot of backlash for some strange reason. I saw people celebrating, uh, oh, David Lynch's Oscar campaign probably pay paid off way back when he did, um, God damn it, what did, uh, Blue Velvet, I think. Mm -hmm. He wanted Laura Dern to get um, Best Actress, for your, for your consideration, Laura Dern for Best Actress, Best, best uh, Supporting Actress, whatever it was that year. And he sat at the corner of like Hollywood and who gives a fuck with a sign that said, for your consideration, Laura Dern for Best Actress at the Oscars, with a cow? And he just sat in a chair and just like watched traffic go by. <laughs> yeah, he's a fucking weirdo. Oh, I, saw, like I saw people say, oh, look, 20 years later, it finally worked because she got an Oscar. Nice. Best sound editing, uh, which this is another movie I need to see, is Ford versus Ferrari. I heard a lot of good things. It won a lot too, I think. Mm -hmm. It beat 1917, which I thought 1917 had best sound editing, but, I, but that's just me. But best sound mixing goes to nine, 1917, so I guess that, that makes it up. Um, best cinematography was 1917 with Roger Deakins. That, I mean, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Uh, best film editing was Ford versus Ferrari. Uh, visual effects was 1917. And by the way, this beat Avengers Endgame, The Lion King, and Star Wars The Rise of the Skywalker. Good. All those movies were made inside of a computer. 1917 was made in a field, then computers were used. Yeah, which which I found surprising because I, I, I would think that Avengers Endgame would win, but then again, this is the Oscars we're talking about. Uh, makeup and hairstyling, uh, Bombshell. Never heard of that movie. International feature film. South Korea, Parasite. No, no kidding. <laughs> uh, original score, music, uh, Joker won that, which I found surprising because I thought Joker had an okay score. Yeah, I, I kind of thought the score was overshadowed by the soundtrack in that movie, honestly. Mm -hmm. uh, original song, music, uh, I'm Gonna Love Me Again from Rocketman. Uh, best director, Bong Joon-ho with Parasite. Best, well best actor, Joaquin Phoenix with the most cringiest, longest speech ever. I got sick of people posting that on Facebook. <laughs> best actress, Renee Zellweger and Judy. Longest, not cringiness, just super fucking long speech. I haven't seen that. Uh, and best picture goes to Parasite. Which, by the way, after having a long, cringy, and long speech, they cut off like half of the cast of Parasite, their speeches. Yeah, they're Korean. No one cares about them. Yeah, it's subtitles, right? <laughs> you guys speak Japanese? <laughs> <laughs> what made you make a Korean movie? Fucking assholes. 
Yeah, um, I didn't watch the Oscars. I actually watched a stream of people watching the Oscars because I love to watch people's reactions. I don't know. And plus, I, I don't have TV. And in order for me to watch the Oscars, I would have had to pay for like Hulu. And I'm not paying to watch the Oscars. Yeah, no, that would be a huge waste of money. They should pay you to watch the Oscars. I agree. Pay me, fucking ask Oscar. I know it's you, Oscar. Um, all right. So Phil Spencer from Xbox made some bold statements. And now for something completely different. Yes. I mean, did you guys have anything to add? Did you... Um, Honestly, every year there's a bunch of Oscars that I'm like, ah, I would have given it to blank. But uh, this year I'm actually pretty happy. Yeah, because they don't really give a chance to foreign films being like best actor, or not best actor, best director, best movie, best screenplay. So I, I was excited. Zach, what about you? I, I don't care about the Oscars at all. Yeah, fuck the Oscars. Just like the that one guy from the, the Video Game Awards who said that shit. Anyway, Phil Spencer. Fuck all award shows. That's always been my stance. <laughs> Phil Spencer defends the lack of launch exclusives for the Xbox Series X. So I'm going to paraphrase a lot, but he was like, we should be worrying about Amazon and Google Stadia more than like Sony and Nintendo. That's like punching down, I feel like. I feel like that's saying, oh, we're not competing with pro athletes. We're competing with the Special Olympics. <laughs> I guess it's like he's punching down to himself. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Yeah, it's it's dumb. It's, it's, yeah, no, we're not competing with them. It, it, like I feel like the undertext is we have nothing to compete with them, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna feign victory by saying, "Oh, we beat these people." There was never any any chance that they were gonna win. That's that was my exact impression, pretty much. It was yeah. just like they they don't have anything really, or they're scared. I don't know. They feel like they fucked up, and they've done that whole oh we're gonna be the center of your home entertainment media conglomerate. We've been hearing and, that for like fifteen years, and, and everyone's fucking, sick of it. Yeah, and they, nobody fucking cares about that shit. And they still don't realize it. Yeah, every I, I have fucking thirteen devices in my home that will play movies and music. I don't need that anymore. I need something that plays games. I need those games to be good. It's still a dirty word to them. It feels like idiots. I so yeah. I still think um, because I'm still gonna get the Xbox Series X um, because I've I've always liked Xbox and. Uh, I don't know. I, I like their user interface on how they do things on Xbox Live and all that crap. Uh, I actually like more of their games when it comes to like Gears of War, uh, Halo, and all that. But just say you're out of the 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 competition. Don't give us a bullshit remark like that. And I I, tr I truly think that Xbox is going the route of what Sega Sega did where. You know, they were big in the consoles, and then all of a sudden, they're a software company. I... They, they got to spin. I get it. They're not going to come out and say, oh, we fucked up. Our product is under-supported, because then people won't buy it. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, I feel like they could do a better job of blowing smoke up our asses. I feel like they're not even trying. Yeah. <clears throat> the biggest thing to me was, like, I'm not really one to, like, 
nerd and crunch numbers and compare contrast shit like that. But it's like to me, it's really telling that if you chalk up like all the Xbox, like the the current gen Xbox sales, it's like fifty million or something estimated to be. And now, the the Switch that just came out three years ago has already surpassed it. Mm-hmm. That's not a good look. Well, uh, the only thing I'll say is that uh, I forgot that guy in the beginning of Xbox uh, One really fucked it up to the point where Don Matrick, yeah, that guy's yeah. <laughs> and I will say that Phil Spencer turned something that was shit into semi shit. <laughs> tried to correct the this the ship right the ship so to speak that's what i was trying to say mm. um yeah it's it's just i don't know and then like when you look at the sony numbers they're like double it's just like fuck <laughs> i truly think that the next generation of xbox is going to be treated like a pc because they're coming out with like the power they're coming out with the Xbox One X, but better for as their first system, and then they're t- doing the low end after people want to get the cheap version. I truly think that this is where Xbox is gonna go. Where, like I said, they are gonna go into the the software, and Game Pass is gonna be a thing because I, they don't have faith in their consoles anymore. They just not not for the way they talk. Mm-hmm. So who knows? I mean, I guess we could uh, branch off into the next story. Unless you guys have anything else to say about Xbox. Yeah. Nah, I'm kind of a. I'm not really an Xbox supporter. I'm not a hater either, but mm. I don't know. They just don't. They just don't do it for me. Really, they yeah. haven't re- really since the first system. I try not to pitch my flag in any one camp or anything, but you know, I can, I can look at a product and decide whether or not it interests me and it interests me more, less and less. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I kind of like when the PS3, because in the P, when the PS3 first came out, I was like, what is this shit? And then near the end, I was like, oh, this is a pretty cool console. That's what I'm dealing with Xbox one X right now, where I'm like, man, it was kind of shit in the beginning, but now I'm like, Hey, it's a pretty good system, and I and I dig the Game Pass. Um, but E three is starting to dwindle down to nothing, huh? <laughs> yeah, seems like it. Xbox is the only company that's going to have a live show. Jeff Keighley has uh, <laughs> just bowed out. He's not going to do his little show that he does after each conference. You know, I said, you know, good, because, you know, fuck E3 and all this other stuff. But uh, I like Jeff Keighley, and he always, like, gets in there and does meaningful interviews with a lot of the developers. And it was one of the few things about E3 that I actually did kind of dig. So it's kind of sad, but whatever. It's He's got more important stuff to do. E3's beneath everything. Mm-hmm. And the t- Nintendo's still going to be there with their uh, little uh, kiosk and stuff. So... They made a little tweet where some of the the executives and like producers of games were like, "Well, we're gonna be there still. Just come to our booth and all that." Well, Microsoft, um, Microsoft isn't even at E three anymore, are they? They're in their own building. I thought they bought they bought something like a block or so away. They have their own theater. 
Yeah, but it's still considered E3 in my opinion. I know, but it's just like as far as the E3 show floor goes, there's not an Xbox presence, there's not a Sony presence. Mm-hmm. It's just it's weird and interesting. And I guess I need to move with the times because it's all about video now. It's all about these trailers and stuff. Uh, just how like the Nintendo Direct and the the PlayStation. I forgot what they called their shit. It's so boring to me. Their their version of the direct. But not to Andy because Andy loves VR. Yay. <laughs> um he he this is what Keeley said. He said, I have made a difficult decision to decline to produce E three Coliseum, he announced on Twitter, referring to the series we already know about a series. For the first time in twenty five years I will not be participating in E three. And a lot of people like made some bullshit stories because remember for his award show where Death Stranding became a like uh, best game nominee, like they were ragging on him like, oh, putting your best friend in the best video game of the year. And uh, people are like trying to link that to him not showing up to E3 because he just oh, it seems like nonsense because it's just yeah. like, just like, oh, fuck you people. I'm not doing this shit anymore. Which I, which I don't see him doing. I, I, I think he truly sees that E3 is not E3 anymore. And why should I go there <laughs> if I could just, you know, do a show, do a show whenever I want, where I could invite these, uh, you know, developers to come it on the show. It sounds like they're going to do the same thing anyway. It just won't be him doing it, maybe. Yeah, but it's it's not the same with Jeff Keeley out of it, in my opinion. Anyway, Zach, did you have any news? No, not really. Couldn't really find anything or nothing really stuck out to me. Okay. Uh, I want to be transparent with you know our listeners. Uh, I'm thinking about. I want to be opaque. <laughs> I'm thinking about doing some uh, gaming oriented uh, shows here on Big Trouble for a little bit, kind of taking a little break on movies so that we could do some gaming around here. Um, don't know how we're going to do the show. I just want to say that we're thinking about doing it. So we still have one more Gina Davis movie. And then we also have Sonic. Yeah. Oh, that's what I want to bring up. So good reviews are happening with Sonic. How weird is that? Like, I still, I'm still kind of seeing not good reviews not like this movie's amazing just like oh this movie's passable this movie's better than i thought it would be this movie is entertaining i don't think anyone's gonna remember it forever but yeah but we all walked into it being like oh this is gonna be a trash fire i'm kind of disappointed i wanted a trash fire <laughs> i mean i think it's gonna have the, the, the detective pikachu feel to it yeah i th- i was thinking that too because detective pikachu was a good movie but if I never see it again, I'm not gonna like be upset. Mm-hmm. You know, if no one, I'll watch it. If someone wants to see it, or they own it, and they put it on. I'm not gonna leave the room. It was a good movie. I really liked it, but I'm not gonna own it either. So, are you guys gonna see it this weekend? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. I'm gonna do Valentine's Day crap. So who knows? Man, put Sonic in there. It's lovable. <laughs> Chili dogs. Anyway, I'll be seeing it this weekend. So, uh, go see it, everybody. If you don't have a significant other, go see it. Well, even if you do, go see it with them. Who cares? Yeah. 
force him to see it. Be like Sonic the Hedgehog, bitch. But, uh, yeah, so keep an eye out on some gaming shit. If you want to catch more of our podcast, make sure you go to novnetwork.podme.com. We also have some Get Some Color. We got NXT uh, Portland coming up. For, Sunday. Yeah, for Getting Some Color. So keep an eye out next week for that episode. And we're also, I am going to fucking announce this. February 27th, we will be doing the Resident Evil 5 podcast. I'm etching it in stone. Oh, you mean we're going to do it then? Yeah. Well, we need to start playing this game. I'm going to start tomorrow. Well, okay. If you're wanting to play, then I'll get it installed. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you if you want to wait, it's up to you. But I, I just no, want I don't. To... I don't want to. I don't want to wait. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> so I don't want to. I'll do it. I don't give a fuck. I'm scared. <laughs> I've been ready this whole fucking time. So we got the Nemesis Project coming up for Resident Evil Five. We may talk about Death Stranding fucking eight months from now. <laughs> That's Andrew. my fault. I'm doing that. I'm sorry. I've been sick. When you're sick, you don't feel like playing games. I know, but you you know what? You weren't sick for fucking month and a half too. I know, but I was sick of games. <laughs> just trade it in for gas money already. Just admit you hate it. It's not worth anything now. <laughs> so no it's already it. been traded in. <laughs> I do coincidentally know that uh, the uh, used copy of the game is already down to 30 bucks. Oh, yeah, and digital too as well. It's on uh, the store. Uh, Old news. I, I, I do intend to beat it, if for no other reason than I got a new game this week and I want to play that. What'd you get? Uh, Pokemon Shield. Oh. Yeah, I knew that would be your reaction. That's why I didn't say it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I'm also trying to think what else we're doing wise, but I think that covers it. We got Portland, and I think Revolution for uh, AEW is on the 29th. Yeah, there's something like that. Which I'm not paying the pay-per-view. I'll find a way to watch it. Yeah, make, I don't make sure you listen to all of our podcasts. Like, comment, subscribe, thumbs up, ring that bell, and uh, that way we get all the ad money so we can start going to these events. We'll go to E3, and I'll hate on it in person, and they can go to NXT Portland. That'd be a fun time. I, I truly want that to happen, where we go to E3, and I just have a video camera on Andy just fucking having an angry look the whole time. <laughs> I think that would be funny. But until next time, everybody, this has been Episode 93 of Big Trouble Little Podcast. Peace out. Thanks for listening. Peace.